The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This week, I talked to TV's curious traveler, Christine Van Blockland, about a 500-year-old pub, Welsh tea cakes, and something called folded tofu skin. Don't worry, it's delicious. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with my super awesome, great friend, Sondra Bernstein. Oh, I love <laughs> you. That's the best one yet. All right, I'm working on it. <laughs> I miss you. I, I honestly do miss I you. I, I miss people. I know. Miss sitting in the same room and like, am I 2D? Like, am I, do I look 2D or 3D? Uh, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what 2D looks like. Well, I just feel like I'm on a flat screen every day. <laughs> like fl- flat oh, Sandra. Right. Yeah. yeah, flat Sandra. Like instead of flat Stanley, I have one of those somewhere around here. <laughs> I'm glad you understood that reference. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, welcome back, Heather Irwin, to The Bike Goes On. We're so happy. I know how busy you are. And, um, you know, which is really funny to say in the time of our... Uh, sheltering in place and um, quarantine or whatever we're doing here, but you are busy and um, we just wanted to get an update and hear what's happening in with Sonoma Family Meals and what's happening with the press demo and the magazine and <laughs> all the very, th- all yeah, the various all things. things you do, which is a lot. Well, it's yeah. Andrew, can I, yeah, can well, I, you know, I think this is last time we talked, you know, it was a, we were having a little bit of a slower time and we were planning to, you know, open a school and, you know, and that's still, that's on hold right now, but, you know, still very much something we want to do in the future. But boy, this has thrown a real wrench into things, hasn't it? Oh, boy. Completely. completely. Um, you know, you've been working with us, of course, and just, you know, just to give a little background, a Sonoma Family Meal was started in 2017 with the Tubbs Fire. Um, I had no ambitions to be a nonprofit director, um, <laughs> nor do I still really. Um, it's very, very, very hard work and I respect everyone who does it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we worked through the Kincaid fires, we worked through the PSPS, we've worked through um, the flood and now we're here. And you know, it just, it, it shows the resilience of our county and how well we're able to work together. When, you know, now we know when something bad happens, um, you know, we know what to do. We know who to call. We know, you know, what, <laughs> we know who to call. Let's just say that. And you're one of them. You're one of the first on the list. It's called Ghostbusters. <laughs> I know, isn't it? It's sad, but it's, it's great that there's almost an infrastructure at this point in place in Sonoma County for disasters because we've just, the last four years have just been Go right. around, go around. I mean, with not almost. I mean, there is this this yeah. powerful food infrastructure. You know, at the very least, is you know we've all been working together. We've all been working. Uh, you know, I've been working with the chefs since 2017, and also, you know, through what I do at the Press Democrat, I'm the dining editor for Sonoma Magazine and for the Press Democrat. So, you know, naturally, I spend some time in kitchens. I spend some time talking <laughs> to chefs, and as we all know, you know, what chefs do is they make food for people. 
uh, especially when, when people are really in need. And we've had a lot of people really in need for, for several years now, but this is different than anything else. As I think we all know, we've had to completely pivot our model um, from everybody gathering in one great big kitchen and having, you know, 700 volunteers come throughout, you know, a few weeks to cook together to not having a kitchen. Uh, we lost our kitchen to um, working with restaurants, to paying restaurants to stay open um, through this, uh, to feed people in the community that are really in need. And those are seniors, those are you know, food insecure families, those are undocumented people. I mean, they're, they're from every walk of life. And I think that that's what's so interesting is this isn't just a certain demographic, this is everybody. Mm -hmm. um, we're seeing a lot of people that have never been food insecure before, uh, really feeling like they need some help right now. So, you know, Sonoma Family Meal, that's what we're all about, is we, um, we create uh, meals for families uh, or for seniors. We, we call them four packs or two packs, which Sandra is very familiar with. Um, and, and, now, and now the one pack. <laughs> and now what, yeah, now the one pack. You know what that means, the one pack. <laughs> Not a thing. Um, but anyway, yes, again, our models have had to change on the fly. We, we, you know, that's the good thing about being a small, very nimble nonprofit is just being able to just sort of see where the wind's blowing and, and adjust to that. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting also because, you know, when the fires happen, we just jumped to it. You know, we were in our space. We just... People right. had walk-ins full of food, and they're like, what do we do with it? We're like, bring it to us. We'll make something out of it. Right. And never thought about money, never thought about logistics, just kind of went into full emergency mode and just right. dealt with it. Right. And now it is different also on a level of wanting to be, you know, um, generous and have some philanthropy but you know in a, a place of survival we can't and so like you know four years ago no we never asked anybody for money we never we it didn't occur to us we didn't ask to get our receipts money back we didn't mm -hmm. ask for anything it was just like if you're hungry you need food you can't get it we're gonna make it right. now this it, it's so crazy that i want to say participating in Sonoma Family Meals has become part of our survival, which is also kind of crazy considering the stipend and stuff like that. Right. But it is something that has kept us going, has kept the lights on, keeps the kitchen there, a few people there. Um, and, you know, the struggle of being able to be so generous and giving versus strategic and um, giving you know but you know it's it's not it's not a barter but it's like a barter you well know? yeah and i mean i think that that was the thing i mean i we're paying i mean it's no secret we're paying eight dollars per meal uh we're doing we were at, at the very peak we were doing about um i think we got up to about eleven thousand meals per week um we've had to contract because at that level at eight dollars per meal you know we're in, in packaging and all the other things we're, we were at, you know, over, you know, $100,000 a week to pay the restaurants. We have 17 restaurants. I mean, that's a lot right. of money. And as you know, it's $8 a meal is not really enough. No. Um, it, you, you can maybe have a skeleton crew, you're, you know, covering the cost of food, but yeah, you're not profiting. 
Um, and and so and that's, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know, that's the thing. It was meant to be a lifeline, right? Uh, for for a little while, and um, you know, I think I'm hoping that when we started with you, the situation was very different than it is now. Um, and and I think we're going to continue to see things changing. Um, the situation then was everybody was sort of like, oh wow, what are we going to do? I mean, most people hadn't even set up. You know, take out delivery and figured out their computer systems. And I think at this point, people are starting, you know, to, to understand the new normal. Some restaurants are, some restaurants aren't. I mean, there are right. plenty of restaurants that have never even reopened. Right. Um, and, and that's scary. Uh, it is but scary. But financially, I, I don't know if it makes sense. No, I totally get it. I mean, restaurants, um, you know, when when this happened, like we shut down before we were asked to shut down because I just was freaking out on the safety aspects of it. Um, but you know, the other part was like thinking about, can we, how do we stop the flow of money going out? Not knowing when money's going to come back in. The only way you can survive is to shut the dam. And so we, we started, you know, we canceled, you know, anything that seemed immaterial to survival while we're not open. A lot of technology, honestly, which was like, wow, look how much stuff we subscribe to and use. Like, what do we really need? And, um, you know, and then the heart of the staff and, you know, where are they going? And like, okay, this is how you apply for unemployment. This is how you get your money. They're giving extra money. We knew that would be kind of a better scenario than like, oh, we need you today. Oh, not today. Yes, today. It, it's just, there's so many things about this. And, you know, what's got to be worrisome on your head is that you, you, your whole passion about this project is getting food in people's mouths, is doing whatever it takes to do that. Good and, food. Good yeah. food. Well, <laughs> good food too. Like they, you could give people could get a bunch of slop, but that we don't want to happen. Well, that's what happens a lot of the time, though. Is is yeah. you know, it's it's never in a disaster. It's never been really about the food. It's just been about putting calories in people's faces. Right. Yeah. And right. um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm worried about every single person in the restaurant industry. You know, all the people I care so much about. Um, I'm worried about, you know, all the servers and the staff and, you know, working, listening to chefs and, and business owners and people like you saying, this is just, this is gut wrenching to have to lay off, you know, hundreds of people to not be able to see the future. I mean, that's what we've talked a lot about is mm -hmm. during the fires, we knew there was an end. It right. wasn't going to go on and on and on and on. Right. We knew that things would get back to normal in a couple of weeks, right? Now we're looking at this sort of endless timeline with, with so much unclarity, um, you know, even, even with a vaccine, you know, but that's great. But how do we get the economy going again? Um, right. I mean, there's just so many, there's so much uncertainty and I think it's going to fundamentally change the restaurant industry. And, oh, you know, something that, that you were saying before is that um, this isn't, this isn't the industry you signed on for. This isn't where you started. This isn't why you got into the restaurant business. And I've heard that so many times. Right. The restaurant and industry hasn't changed in hundreds of years. 
Yeah. And now it's right. going to change. Yeah. A lot. And, and before we went on air, we were, we just briefly talked about the fact that, you know, like what, what's the girl myth going to do? Like, what are our plans? And, you know, they change every day and John and I like go up and we have these high points where we see a glimmer of something. And then, you know, yesterday was just a really dark day. Um, like, Oh my God, you know, I spent all day Friday watching the house of representatives vote i i've never done this before but i watched them vote for the heroes bill you know and there were so many good things that were put in this bill and especially for us was all the ppp stuff you know extending that time changing the percentages changing the loan and so when that started you know getting some kind of traction, mm -hmm. we changed and furloughed everybody again, you know, ah. except for a handful of people, maybe a 15 people out of 240. And because if they allow that money to go to the end of the year or to August or whatever, if we spend it all by June 15th, then how do we know we won't be open June 15th, right. but right. how do we do it? So it, 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 that's the other part. It's like the government is doing, they're doing what they think is right. And there's so many things that I so appreciate, but the processes are so insane. I mean, you know, so I got all excited. I'm like, yay, it passed. And they're like, Sandra, don't get excited. It's not going to pass the Senate. It's right. not going to get signed in. So I'm like, oh, great. What did I, you know, what's that about? I yeah, just, I think there's been so much legislation, both at the state level and at the federal level, that sounds good on paper. Mm -hmm. But when you dig into the actual information, it's very convoluted. It's very unclear. And if you don't follow the rules exactly, you are going to have to pay that loan back. Mm -hmm. um, and I know many restaurateurs don't have time to look through a you know hundred-page contract learn or hire an attorney. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's so complicated. And, you know, I haven't spoken about the Great Plates program that was uh, announced by Governor Newsom, even though I've had a lot of feelings about it for quite a long time. Um, and, and I think I'm at the point now where I feel like I can say it was, it, it sounded great, you know, $66 a day for three meals per person, you know, $28 for dinner, all this stuff. But when you get down to it, I mean, that's millions of dollars per day right. if you are going to include all these restaurants. And, but the thing was, is it was on, it was on the counties to actually come up with the money and yeah, maybe they get, get paid back by FEMA, but I think Sonoma County has learned its lesson yes. about FEMA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, at this point, I, I don't see it probably happening. I think it's somewhat unlikely. And the thing is, is almost no one, has actually figured out how to do it because it involves, you know, you have to hire drivers and they have to be background checked. And I mean, it was so complicated that there was literally, even with our own system that we've had built for three years. Right. That's working. Out. That's working. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we're already doing that here. Yeah. You know, we're already working with restaurants. We're already yeah. um, feeding the people who are most in need. Um, yeah. And we are really unique in that sense that Sonoma County is like no other place. Truly. Mm -hmm. I've tried, I tried to do this up in writing. I tried to set something up like family meal. Mm -hmm. Couldn't do it because we have this network of chefs who know each other. We have 
a number of restaurants. We had caterers, you know, people who do catering. And that's what a lot of what is important about Family Meal is um, it's kind of funny, you know, we have single thread, you know, three Michelin star, you know, everything little teeny, teeny tiny, beautiful <laughs> things. And, you know, the funny thing is, and, and Kyle's been doing this since 2017, um, you know, they make, they know how to make really good food though for people, you know, large quantity food, uh, chicken and rice, and, you know, their food is absolutely beautiful, but caterers know how to do this. They do it on a daily basis, you know, and, and you're someone who knows what people like to eat. They're not looking for, you know, fancy things. They're not looking for the, you know, the, the five spice pork belly that one time we did for our families. And like, <laughs> <laughs> we had a few real misses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people want comfort food. And, and I think right. that's something you're so good at. Well, I just um, have to keep the salt content down. Like the, the chefs really yes. like these things with salt, you know, salt, like butter. I'm like, really? <laughs> but I appreciate them so much. I can't harp on that stuff right now. Well, Sandra, <laughs> I mean, normally, you know, a little bit of salt is good because then people want to order a cocktail right. or a glass of wine because yes, it's making right. them thirsty. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, can, can we just touch, can, I, can we just touch really quickly that we're at, the the day that this is being recorded is May 19th. And so for me, being an employee of the Fairmont in Sonoma, the only thing that I've been told was a phone call the other day saying that I have now been furloughed through July 1st. Other than that, I have no information as far as when anything is going to open. I mean, let forget a hotel. I'm just talking about a normal restaurant. And does it all basically, are, is it just coming down to a math equation? Is it the amount of people infected, the amount of tests given? Is Basically, we're just waiting for the numbers to catch up to us? Well, it changed yesterday. And Heather, it was so funny. I was on Governor Newsom's thing, and I saw you post, why isn't he telling us where he is in California? <laughs> well, and he's at a restaurant. Was, he was at Mustard's. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so with mustards. Yeah, like, but nothing. Nothing. I was expecting some big announcement. Yeah. And by the way, we're reopening restaurants or, or some kind of thing related to that. It was sort right. of like, uh, no. Yeah. I mean, so, I think, go ahead. You go. I was just going to say, I think that there's going to be a lot of restaurants that are going to probably reopen their outdoor dining areas, which is probably going to be in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, that's a very personal decision. Um, you know, what, what, what do you feel like? I mean, is it safe? Is it not safe? Are you willing to put your staff at risk? Um, are you willing to potentially put customers at risk? That's a really scary thing for a lot of business owners. And I think that they're starting, you know, you have to think economics, but you also have to think about what, is, what are your ethical Right. responsibilities we did a survey uh in our in our last new two newsletters ago and just five or six questions and we got over today we had i think 540 responses which blows my mind because nobody answers stuff like this right wow so you could tell how passionate people were about their opinion in it and the takeaways that i really got from it were um, the first one was people, there was about 20% people that are going to go to restaurants as soon as they're open. They just want to go. They're ready. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how it's going to be, they're going to go. 
-hmm. And then there was about 55% or so people that want to wait and see. And then everything in between that was like June and July, next year, the end of the, you know, like things like that. So that was a big one, wait and see. So then the other one that was crazy, like, what do you need to feel safe to go out? Mm -hmm. And about 77, 78% was like outdoor space Mm -hmm. and around 75, 76, six feet apart. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe six feet apart was first. And then um, the next I think was um, staff wearing masks. You know, guests wearing masks was way down on the list. Yeah, how do you eat with a mask on? Yeah, no, but like, but if you don't have your mask, how do you not infect, if you have anything, how do you not infect somebody? But, but it was interesting. And even more than that, the comments that people wrote and not everybody likes to fill in the text, you know, what's your opinion, add some more notes. So maybe 50% of the people did but they're all over the place and people with their ideas and people like what they will do and what they won't do. And at the end of the day, what I took was that I don't think we can open our restaurants inside. I don't think we can be good enough on the sanitation equation. I don't think I can be responsible for 50 people, you know, whether, you know, there were things, guidelines like, okay, take the linen, you know, take the linen off and put it immediately into a sealed bag and then go wash your hands again. You know, how many linens do we use in a day? I mean, and then, you know, the outdoor, what about the bathrooms? Oh my God. I'm like, I want to close our restrooms and you can't close your restrooms if you don't have a restaurant, but are we supposed to have a bathroom attendant? Like every single time someone uses it to disinfect it? The, the law is every hour or, or the suggestion right now is every hour on the hour. But one, who wants to do that in a potentially high virus potential? Right. And, and two, who wants to be responsible? Right. And my last rant for now is the freaking insurance company. You know, we, we put in a claim, you know, we don't have any virus exclusions or, you know, our policy, there's no reason we shouldn't have gotten business interruption, Right. but it's on hold. We haven't been denied. We haven't been accepted. It's just sitting there. I'm positive they're waiting to see what happens with the big, you know, the Thomas Keller and Daniel Blue and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. they don't want to make a decision yet. But regardless of that, Um, if I can't get the money for something I know I have a perfect contract for, who's going to protect me if I get sued from a customer or an employee that thinks they got COVID from us? Right. Where where is the insurance to help me with that? Well, what are the legal ramifications? Uh, You know, I know at the Chase Center, before we got put on shelter in place, they had played two Warriors games. And I know they posted on the door, it was a thing from Chase saying, you know, because of COVID-19, if you happen to get infected, you have no legal um, ram. you know, there's, you can't sue us. But I don't know if, is that something that you guys would have to do? I mean, can someone come and then get infected and then somehow trace it back to the restaurant and then somehow sue them? I mean, is that even a thing? Anybody probably could actually, they, they probably, I mean, they could definitely trace it, you know, now that we're all being tracked, apparently. 
um, you know, the track and trace. So, I mean, they could definitely trace an outbreak, but you know, whether or not you'd be sued, it's, it's hard to say. Um, but I think these are the questions that restaurateurs, you know, they have enough on their minds already. It's, it's already a, you know, a low profit margin. It's already a high stress, high turnover. You know, it's a very stressful business. And then to add all this on top of it is just, it seems yeah. overwhelming. And, you know, along the same lines, you know, I, I wonder too, is if we do open up, what's going to happen? We are actually preparing. I mean, this isn't based on any inside information I have, but we are preparing for things to open up. It's going to be, everybody's going to be so happy in June. Yahoo, we're free. And then I think we're going to see a massive spike. And I think we're going to see everything shut down again. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot more people in need of food, which is why, you know, we have to really look at how long can we continue this? Um, we have to look at what happens in October when potentially there's fire. another huge spike or the what fire. happens. Yeah. And, and we're in the middle of fire season. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I, um, I talked to my uncle the other day. He is in uh, the Marietta Roswell area of Georgia. So just outside of Atlanta. And he said, you wouldn't believe the people in bars. And he said, it's not young kids. He said, it's people in their forties, fifties, sixties, all drinking on top of each other. So he's anticipating a spike going on in Georgia, which I oh, think will kind of, starting. yeah, I think that'll give us right. a little window as far as what would happen here. So yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think we're, we're not there yet. I understand, you know, everybody wants to get things reopened and, and I know how difficult that is. Um, but yeah, we're just not there. And, you know, I think we're going to see seniors continuing to shelter in place for, you know, a long time because they are at risk. And you know, my parents, say they're pretty much not going to leave, you know, their house is if, unless they you know, need to go to the store and things like that, but they don't want to be out. It's just too dangerous because they're already, you know, compromised. So I haven't I, left my house literally really? in two months. I have left. Well, I shouldn't say that because I have been walking for the last month around the neighborhood at like seven 30 in the morning, hardly mm -hmm. see anybody with the dogs. Um, and then once I went to the office because my house was so dirty, I had to have it clean. I'm the worst cleaner ever. And so that I makes just, me feel I, good, Sandra. I'm not a good housekeeper either. Oh, I'm horrible. <laughs> oh my God, I'm the worst. And, um, you know, but I'm paying every week anyway, but I'm just like, no, I can't have you in my house. But so, I mean, I get it. I'm like wondering if I'm going to be that person that never leaves my house again. You know, right. like I, I figured out Instacart. I figured out, you know, I'm like, I am totally self-sustained in my house, wow. but I miss people. I miss, you know, like connection. I'm tired of Zoom connection. I mean, right. it's just like, it's yeah. crazy, but, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm not the healthiest person either. I figure I have almost every single thing that you should, you should not have to go out and fight a virus. So, you know, and then on the other hand, it's like, should I just go get the virus and try and then get it over with and see if I live? No, be done? no, 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 don't do that. No, don't no, do that. No, I would Sarah. not suggest that. Yeah, but our hospital would take really good care of me. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so what's interesting is I was, um, I was working with Guy 
um, on his on his emergency truck, he went uh, Guy Fieri, and he went in and was feeding the hospital workers at Sutter and Memorial and Kaiser. And you know, it was it was interesting. It was great actually being out with other humans, and we were all you know social distancing and all that stuff. We all had our masks on, but it was interesting to see that hospital workers do have a little bit different perspective on this. Yes, I mean most of them that I've talked to you know, they're in this every single day and they kind of have a more of a little bit of a laissez-faire about it. Um, they're all very careful. I don't want to suggest that they're not, but, um, you know, it, it, it just, it's interesting to see how the medical professionals uh, are taking this versus the rest of us. I was scared to leave my house for weeks. Yeah. Once I started going out, I was like, okay, well, I haven't got it yet. I mean, that's the thing. You kind of get a little bit cavalier, not cavalier. That's just not mm -hmm. the right word, but you get a little more used to being out. You see that okay, it's not going to attack you from, you know, everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, you're just careful. You wash your hands. Um, I've done a lot of takeout service lately and gone to different restaurants. And, um, you know, that's been, that's been an interesting thing to see how restaurants are dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Some are doing very well. Some are. <laughs> we, we saw your post. So <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I forget that people actually read my posts sometimes. And I get all cranky, and I'm like, Wah. Yeah, well, I mean, when you wait now. for three hours, absurd. Three hours late. I was thinking it was ten, almost ten o'clock at night when we got our food. We ordered it at like seven. I know um, you're not going to tell us where it was. No, <laughs> no, it's okay. I will say that our Grubhub driver was very apologetic. It was not his fault. Mm -hmm. um, so we gave him a nice tip. But that restaurant, trust me, I'm going to have a call in to the owner and be like, yeah. listen. Um, you know, and it's, they just struggle. I mean, we, we've had orders that were just completely wrong. And, you know, I know everybody's working hard. I know everyone's struggling. I know everyone's trying to figure this out. There's no guidebook to no. what, on how to deal with this, on what to do. No. Um, and you see various levels of desperation. Um, I've had some, some restaurant owners get very angry with me about, you know, one thing or another that I've done to irritate them. I think everyone's <laughs> just on edge right now. I mean, oh, they're just, ugh, it's awful. Yeah, you just feel like everybody's going to explode on you just about every minute. But, you know, I think that I was talking to Lisa Jansen yesterday um, from the food task force in Sonoma. And, you know, I think when you can see the good that you're doing, which I don't see. I don't see the, the end result of the meals that we're sending out. I'm unable to go out and like see people actually getting the food. But she said, you know, she's been at the distributions in Sonoma. And when you can see people and they thank you and, and you see the need, I think that's what helps make it worth it. Mm -hmm. um, it. It helps you have a better sense of like doing good in the world. And okay, this isn't for nothing. And I'm not just sitting at home moaning about you know whatever I'm actually out there and I think that's that's a message that I think is really important to get out to people is that you know not everybody can get out but everybody can help you know right. in, in their own way yeah. so you know stop moaning yeah. and go do something yeah <laughs> that's that's actually really important because you know and something I've talked to my therapist about is that I am used to going to work and you know being a sommelier have some sort of like sense of importance in the world right, and right. and you know pe people are happy to see me i'm bringing their wine they think oh this guy knows stuff with my daughter and my wife 
I, I'm not important in any, uh, like, <laughs> the dishes done, did you change the toilet paper roll? So I sort of miss that, like, what am I yeah. doing, what is, what am I doing here? Right. What is my purpose? Oh, isn't I'm, it? Oh, I'm basically yeah. just maintaining existence. No, you're a pod, you're a podcaster. You're a professional podcaster. You're a professional podcaster. No, that doesn't yeah. paid. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, that's the thing I love about yeah our families. Who who yeah. yes, we're just mom. <laughs> we're just go get the groceries or change the toilet paper. Yeah, you're not anybody special at home. Yeah. <laughs> You'll always be special to me, Brian. Oh, thank you. Well, you, you yeah. need to start calling me three times a day, or maybe record a little message that I can okay. play for myself I every could, once I in a while. You're good enough. <laughs> You're right. strong enough. And people gosh, like you. Darn it. Gosh <laughs> darn it. You know, I mean, <laughs> thank God for therapy. Thank right. God for Zoom call therapy. I will say right. that. Yep. <laughs> oh, I need one of those. Oh, sure. it helps. Oh, it definitely helps to get a little perspective yeah. on all of this and just yeah. be like, okay, it's gonna yeah. be fine. Well, and you know, you guys don't doesn't a part of you think that just from what you know that there is going to be a certain percentage of the population that has very short memories oh, and really? is, I can see a couple months from now and I can also see the current administration really pushing this message that, oh, that was not really a big deal. The mortality rate was only 0.1 to 0.3. More people die in car accidents. I mean, I can see this whole sort of road that they're going to lay out and a lot of people are going to sign on to it. And, and I can see maybe even in January, people just going, oh, yeah, I remember last year when we had to. Right. I mean, people just, have. Really yeah, I mean, people will come back. I mean, and the thing, the positive thing about Sonoma County is it is amazing. It is beautiful. We mm -hmm. do have delicious food. We do have amazing wine. Um, hopefully more people will come out of this than don't. Um, at the end of it, but so people do want to get here and also they don't want to fly so they'll drive and we've got a good population there So it could happen that doesn't make me go. Oh my god I'm gonna do everything I can to get ready for this because I don't want them in the restaurant and I think the people the the and again, I'm not a medical person, but you know, we're doing really well on our numbers right now but as soon as we open up the road and people start coming, I think that's when it's going to get bad because not everybody is living the way we're living. Not everybody, you know, and there's still some, you know, people here want to get out. You know, there's definitely people that don't think this is real. They just want to be there. And, um, but yeah, as an ethical person, I, I can't do it. You know, I think the Fig Cafe will remain closed until, uh, it will remain to go only uh, curbside. We're going to try actually do some delivery from there, see how, and again, that's a numbers issue. Right. How much does it cost versus how many orders? Does it make any sense to pay an additional $100, $200 per person to drive for a couple hours? Um, and then... The fig rig, you know, I must say, I was blown away. The city of Sonoma, I asked, it took me six weeks, but I asked the city of Sonoma, can we please park the truck somewhere in town? 
Um, and they came back, okay, give us your plan, blah, blah, blah. Gave them a plan. Okay, you need to get permission from the Sonoma Valley High School. Okay, so I got all those things, made them all happen, paid my permit fee. They, they cashed the check before... They said, um, well, you better call Caltrans. I'm like, well, we cashed our check. Like, what's that? But it wasn't a Caltrans thing. And we're there. And we're fine. And it's the best location in, in Sonoma, honestly, right in front of the high school. There, It's the bus loading zone. We can be there till July. We can be there longer if, if this keeps going on, because I don't think school's coming anywhere soon. And that's kind of what we're doing. In, you know, last night, I watched till 10, 1030, the, our city council meeting where the resolution was, um, oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Wow, riveting. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm falling asleep. But um, the Chamber of Commerce, Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers, and the Visitors Bureau, those three EDs have gotten together, and they asked for a resolution where Sonoma can open up to your neighbors, to your sidewalks, to your alleyways, to your backyards, to anything you can that your neighbors will let you do, your sidewalks, your parking spot, um, and have outdoor seating. So that was one. And then the second part was the plaza, you know, letting the plaza be open to restaurants that wanted to do something on the plaza. Mm -hmm. And that and then the third one was to use the amphitheater for like fashion shows and cooking demos and wine tastings and, you know, socially distance and whatever. So it passed, um, which is great. It's a very early phase because there's no details whatsoever. It's not like we could just go set up and be there. And then there was a lot of concern on the, because city of Sonoma has business and residents. And there's a huge divide between those two groups. So residents are like, the plaza is public. It's for everybody. We shouldn't commercialize it. What what happens when this is over? They're not going to let it go. So, you know, a lot of people really nervous about stuff like that. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. I think there's going to be some really individual, interesting things. People will get really creative. I look forward to it. Um, I could see us, I could see us doing some to-go stuff to the plaza. Um, you know, we're doing, working up some projects with like wineries because they have so much space that when they can get open as a caterer, you know, we can have, oh, have your reservation today at Fiance Winery. And these are the menus you can choose from and you have to order 24 days, whatever it is. Um, Once we're in production for that, I can see us offering the same thing to the plaza. But I can't see opening the fig to make that happen. There's just, it's just too much. Right. It's too much. You know, it'll be interesting to see how things do change. I mean, I know, yeah, here in Santa Rosa as well, they're talking about, uh, you know, opening up downtown Santa Rosa, you know, to outdoor dining. And, you know, this is something that's happening in other places, which I think would be actually kind of fun and festive. Um, Yeah. But, you know, it is. It's the same. I think of that, too. You know, you go to the bathroom or you whatever. Someone's coughing behind you. And it's just it's always this kind of uncomfortableness. 
And I, I don't want to be critiqued now for our cleaning ability. Certainly I don't because I would get a big flat F, but my staff would do better. But, you know, I think it's not going to be about the food necessarily. It's not going to be about, there's nothing good about the experience. I just don't see how worrying about whether I'm going to get sick and die while I'm eating steak tartare is really, you know, and you're right, somebody sneezes. It kind of puts a little I mean, cloud over it. Yeah, I mean, we get crap right now, like if we don't stop a child from crying two tables down or a couple from having a fight and us not going to break it up, what are we going to do when somebody sneezes? Are they going to expect us to kick those people out immediately? Right. I just, I, I'm at a loss and I'm so trying to be positive through this. I mean, I'm laughing right now, but I mean, you have to laugh, right? You have to laugh or you'll just cry. Yeah. I think, I mean, the thing that I, I feel strongly about when I get really down is that we're all here together. We're all going to try to support each other the best we can. If, if we all, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're not alone in this and our community more than many others, I think has pulled together and knows how to, you know, throw support different to different people. And yeah, I don't know what's going to happen either. I mean, I worry every day, like, well, is my job going to go away? I mean, you know, who, who needs me anymore? Um, no, no, there's definitely going to be a need. Um, but, you know, Sonoma Family Meals, I mean, anybody that's listening, I mean, yeah. we truly, for the last six weeks or seven weeks, I mean, we are so grateful to have had that work. And even though I get to see a picture here and there of our staff dropping off or, you know, mm-hmm. people picking up, I have friends who volunteer for the distribution, it is heartwarming and it feels good and I get little messages oh my god I had your food sometimes from people that maybe didn't need to be in that line but I think people <laughs> don't tell food. me that sorry Kathleen <laughs> Hill okay. is ordering it's the every, food <laughs> it's everywhere there's no if people feel like they need it they need it so um but I hope you know we can somebody listening will feel you know go on sonomafamilymeals.org and Sonoma, it's sonomafamilymeal.org, yes. But I think it'll work either way. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll put it in the show notes. I mean, hopefully okay. they can donate. I think, actually, if you could explain how the Jordan donation and, like, how some of that has happened um, up north, that would be really interesting to know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, what was really interesting is this kind of this, this, uh, this COVID response for us, kind of started with Kyle Connaughton at Single Thread. Um, he's been so involved with us from the very beginning, and, and we yeah, just really appreciated him so much. He's, he and Katina are such good people. Um, and he called me and said, hey, I have this crazy idea. What if we were able to cook for Snow Family Meal, but also uh, raise money from our patrons to help keep us afloat, you know, and to help, you know, f- to help offset your costs? you know, we'll, we'll pay ourselves to do this basically with, with that money actually it comes through us and we pay them. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he was really thinking hard. He was thinking outside the box and he's come up with, um, over $150,000 from his patrons. 
Which, you know, we don't all have single thread patrons. So let's be honest. We don't. Yeah. Um, or or but, investors, you know, yeah. And they're investors in wineries yeah. and things like that. And, and they're so generous, you know, in, in, in promoting us and talking about us and, and helping us. Um, but then uh, the John Jordan Foundation um, and John Jordan Winery and John Jordan himself, uh, they found out about what we were doing and wanted to help us kickstart because at the beginning of this, we didn't really have the money to do this. Uh, so they gave us 150000 and did a matching uh, campaign, which has gone on to support a large uh, initiative for seniors throughout the county. So it's it's really the money is is really interesting how it's it's really going throughout the entire county. Um, as you know, we try to match our restaurants with the people that they're serving. So you serve the Sonoma Valley, you serve Sonoma. Uh, you're not feeding people in Grayton, um, so that's been really important as well. Um, and you know, I think the thing is is that yeah, we continue to need funds. Um, we we have to, as you know, we've contracted a little bit because we're in a funding gap. Um, we're getting some more money from the county, but you know, we have to make sure we can pay everyone. So we have to contract a little, and and then we'll expand again when we're able to. Yeah. Um, but the need is so great, and and we know the need is going to continue. Um, and, and just so people know, too, we work directly with existing nonprofit agencies like Council on Aging and La Luz and City of Sonoma, um, Corazon up in Healdsburg, uh, we, to make sure that the food is getting to people who need it most. You know, we used to do a thing where we just like, anybody who needs food, come in um, during the Tubbs fire, which was a very different scenario. But, you know, during Kincaid, we spent $28,000 total for all of the Kincaid fire, 28,000 and 14,000 of that went to farmers. And that's one thing to remember too, we work directly with farms and farmers to pay them for their, for their produce. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at 28,000 versus, I mean, we're, I think we're gonna be almost at three quarters of a million coming up. Wow. And we think it's gonna be yeah. at least a million dollars. Yeah. This is an expensive program. I mean, I'm, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. But like you say, I mean, it, hopefully it's, it's helped a number of restaurants to, to at least, you know, keep, keep their feet on the ground a little bit and, and you know, keep a couple employees uh, employed until the PPP came through, like you said. Um, and we're seeing that a lot of restaurants are you know, doing better because of, of getting the Paycheck Protection Program um, for their employees <laughs> to pay their employees. But, you know, it comes with all of these weird conditions of you know, we yeah. have to hire everybody back, but there's no work. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there were plenty of people that were like, I don't want to, I don't want to because I'm making more on unemployment. Right. Right. And like you. Yeah. I mean, it, for me, it, I get paid on percentage of wine sales. So if, if we're not doing covers, if you're not doing a lot of numbers, then what am I doing there? I'm making minimum wage plus a tiny bit and I'm, right, right. I'm making more staying at home. Well, right. the PPP, they're allowed to add that money in. They're allowed to add tip money in um, as long as you don't hit over a hundred thousand at the end of the year. So they can make up a number. Yeah, but I don't know. That's not tip money though. What I'm saying, as servers, no, I can see for servers, it's... they can do it. However, there's not the restriction for the PPP. Like you don't have to bring the same people back. You don't have to pay them exactly the same. You, there's just some statistics that you can't go over a hundred grand, but it doesn't sound like the Fairmont's using PPP. 
Yeah, I don't know. And, th and then a, a part of it that sort of scares me is how many people are going to bring their psalms back. I mean, that's might be one of the last positions that you're talking about. Right. I mean, you, you need a right. dishwasher. You need a sous right. chef. So you um, should have messed up the wine inventory before you left. You know, you should have like really made a mess of the list and they <laughs> to come back and fix it. It's a nightmare. No uh, one else can fix yes, it but me. Nobody but me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think we're always going to need Psalms in Sonoma County. Yeah, I do too. Well, I hope so. And I'm actually um, taking the next WSET course because I figured they're allowing you now to do it online and actually take the, um, take the exams online, which is new. Wow. So did, you I just, get, did you get that? For free? No, not for okay, free. Okay, because um, that thing never came back, did it? Yeah, no, you know, yeah. some places will pay for their employees to to take those sort of courses, um, and some won't. And some have you pay for it, and then they'll reimburse you. But, I mean, I'm having trouble getting a copy of my inventory, so as far as getting <laughs> anyone at an HR to talk to me about that, I don't know. So I just went ahead and did it. I mean, good for you. Yeah, I'm excited. I just got my wine samples, and I don't know. The funny thing is that the classes are every Friday for five weeks at eight o'clock in the morning. So they just sent me That's my wine samples. Sweet. I'm thinking I need to wake up at seven and start tasting wine at eight o'clock, which is probably the your you know your palate is pretty sharp <laughs> in the morning, but I don't know about eight o'clock in the morning. Woof! Yeah, oh, <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, normally it's 11 o'clock is, is doable, but eight o'clock. That is early. That's yeah. early. Yeah. I might just go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So what, so what are you writing about right now? Are you, um, well, I don't, it's, I, it's challenging. I mean, you know, I'm doing takeout food, but it's, I mean, let's be honest. Takeout food is kind of underwhelming because um, yeah. it's takeout. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that was so fun is, um, uh, my parents got one of Kyle's, Kyle Connaughton's meals from Single Thread. And, oh, I'm I mean, dying for that. Oh, they're so cool. I mean, there's all these instructions and there's this whole, like, you know, he does these sheets with all this, you know, information about what, you know, what went into it and his thoughts about it and how to prepare it. And I mean, it's, it's like a whole, it's a whole fun kit, but, um, yeah, when you're, everything else is just like oh, it was okay yeah. it was fine it was cold yeah. Yeah. um but so I'm doing my best I mean I would say right now most of what I'm writing about for the newspaper is is pretty promotional in many ways just to kind of help with the restaurants I'm not too cr critical about anything yeah. um and just yeah kind of writing the stories about what people are going through and what the restaurant world looks like right now and um you know there was a restaurant that <laughs> that opened up um last week and you know i think it was they they were a little over eager and, and made a mistake but you know you kind of are looking at how what what people are thinking and where their heads are at and what what they're going to need to do and it's and i'm also unfortunately on the restaurant obit beat so every time a restaurant closes yeah, I have to write about it. And oh, I know I heard about poor so, Emily, Emily's Kitchen. She's oh, I didn't even know. Did she go May thirty first? Oh. She used to work for us. She's so yeah. sweet. Yeah, she such works a great so person. Hard. Yeah. Oh, I um, didn't know about that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. Way. Yeah, it's just heartbreaking. It is, it is heartbreaking. It's like you know, like you put your 
you know, everything you've got, your heart and soul. And, you know, like some of the stuff, like going through this, I mean, I'm reading things about Danny Meyer, you know, a restaurateur in New York that I respect very, very much. Again, someone, you know, who started with small, grew a little bit at a time. And I mean, you know, he had over what, 2,000 employees he had to, he had to lay off. I mean, there are people like, you know, and he's not going to open all his restaurants. David Chang is not opening all his restaurants. He's closed, I think, two so far. And there are people really trying to go, this doesn't make sense. I don't know when this can be. And I think our, in our head, consolidation is like a big word right now. When we had everything moving, like to go out of Sweet D and, and the cafe and the truck, it's like we're just taking money from one place and giving it to another. So it's like, okay, consolidate, be smart, um, you know, and you have to, you know, tighten your belt and look at every possible cost that you don't need and get rid of it. And I think people have to take the time. Now, I was lucky having a big crew and I have department heads that have a lot of value to the company and, and have worked their way up in positions and they get a lot of it. But I think about restaurants that, you know, Saul's a great example. Saul from Cafe La Haye, he's a one-man show. He's got a chef. The chef does the chef thing. But Saul does his menus. He's got to, you know, put the emails out. He, is, he doesn't have any tech. So he's literally answering the phone and taking emails. And oh. I know there's a big conversation about tech and people picking up the phone and having customer service. If we didn't have an online system, we'd have somebody on the phone all day. Yeah. And right. I think, you know, credit card numbers would be wrong. Um, right. We wouldn't have, you know, there's just signatures you wouldn't have. People would fight back and so much stuff. And I think getting, I mean, it took a while to find an ordering app for contactless payment for the truck. We right. weren't ready. We didn't have it. I found it and, you know, it's working. But people don't have the time to stop their business to figure out these things because they're just trying to survive. Right. Yeah. Right. It's every that's, piece. That's what I'm seeing. I mean, restaurants are notoriously sort of bad at technology. I spent several years when I first started writing just humiliating restaurants who didn't have a website, didn't have a Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, how am I supposed to figure anything out if like you have no presence and you know, you're only open certain days and, um, it was really difficult. And I see that even now. Yeah. I mean, and I'm also sort of, I work in tech and I mean, that's my, my real job at the paper is, um, I'm on the digital team and I help build the websites. Um, but you know, I, I, I just can't believe that it's, you know, that, that there's so little out there, but I see how difficult it is. There's a huge learning curve and who do you trust and how much percentage do they take? And, you know, having to hire somebody to do all this for you for, you know, $500 a month. Right. I mean, that's money. You can't afford that. Right. So it's, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. I wish we, I wish there was more of a collaborative spirit sometimes between restaurants, but I also know that everybody's just trying to keep themselves afloat. So it's hard to have a lot of extra bandwidth. Yeah. Um, Heather, yeah, I can tell you that, you know, just a part of what you're doing makes me feel good just to see um, Liza from Spinster Sisters and to see um, Christian and Ozzy 
um, from Noble Folk, just to be reminded of them when you see their picture and you read the article, it helps because then you go, oh yeah, those guys, we want to go check out, you know, get something from them because we totally love them. And, you know, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind because you're buried in your own little thing, but it was a great article and I, it, it's appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Shine a little light. Oh, so if anybody from the past Democrat is reading this, I do not understand. I don't want to get you in trouble, but I do not understand why they don't write about Sonoma Family Meals. I mean, seriously, um, it is a community. It's important. There's, there's, I know, there's a very old, um, there's a very kind of old and, and entrenched feeling with newspapers about separating church and state and for the reporter not to be the story. That is something that we're taught from day one in journalism school. And I understand that very well, but I also do feel like this is a community newspaper. Um, you know, I've worked for the New York times. I've worked for really big newspapers. I, I understand, but I know, I do feel like, you know, this is a community service, but no, they've relaxed a little bit. I think with the Guy oh, Fieri oh. story, I actually got mentioned. I was oh. shocked. Chris Smith wrote a really good <laughs> story. Um, they, they, you know, they, they, it is what it is. They, they don't want it to seem unfair to other nonprofits. And you know, there's just a lot of optics to it. But um, I will say that, that my boss and my boss's boss and my boss's boss's boss, who is Steve Falk, um, they've all been incredibly supportive um, during this this event. Um, we got thirty thousand dollars from the um, Celebrate Community Partners, so you know I'm just grateful more than anything that they're letting me do this work um, yeah. during office hours. Um, and so you know I think that's what the most important thing I can say okay. about about that. <laughs> all right, then I won't be that mad. I wish they'd write about me. I do. I know. Well, Rachel, Rachel, we were interviewed um, working on a story for the IT, and then fingers yeah. crossed that maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. yeah we'll I wish the IT was allowed to write something. So was I. So was I. But they're pushing it through. So we were happy. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, you know, we, we were trying to get Guy on our show. Can you make that intro? I mean, I know him from years ago, but his PR company isn't getting back to me. He is notoriously difficult to get a hold of. I will absolutely tell him um, about, I will tell him about you and I will absolutely um, tell him to give you a call and be on your show. He's, you know, it's so easy to be about someone that you don't know. Yeah. And he, um, apparently the press Democrat did something really gnarly to him before I started. I think they wrote some bad reviews or something. And so he never talked to me, not once. Was I ever allowed to put to, oh, to him? He's a good so guy. Recently where, where he and I kind of have connected over family meal and um, doing, you know, nonprofit work. So, but I just, he's such a good person, but he is surrounded by layers and layers and layers of people. Well, he would do. He would be doing a community service. I will. I will absolutely come on our show. I will absolutely tell him that. Okay. Well, and I've I've watched more Guy Fieri now than I in the last two months than I had in the last ten years. The the triple D stuff going to all these diners is awesome. Yeah. And the one where the people go shopping and they have to cook is an amazing do you, show. Do you know where that's filmed? 
Guy's Grocery yeah. Games? It's it's gotta be, is it in Santa Rosa somewhere? It's in Santa Rosa. Yeah, it's in Santa Rosa. They built the whole oh. grocery set. And um, I've been over there many times. I'm, I've never been on set. But uh, all the food from each week, all the, all the uh, produce and dairy and perishables that they buy mostly from uh, Oliver's. Yeah. Is, Oliver's! Uh, I know. So he really does support the community. Um, is donated to nonprofits. I mean, it is beautiful. Uh, like, yeah, I knew it was food. recorded around here because I'll, I recognize a lot of the food, and it's stuff that's made around here. When you're like, oh my god, they have Bellwether Farm sheep's milk ricotta. Like, I know that's <laughs> I know, not right? in, that's, that's not in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's a pretty amazing thing. And um, you know, his mom Penny is one of the sweetest people ever. And you know, they just, they give a lot to this community and care a lot about this community. Yeah. And um, there's not a lot reported about the good works that he does around here. Um, but, but he does, he does really care about this community and. Um, we'll give him good words. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he did something for Windsor. Yeah, he did this whole like fabulous. meals with the mayor. Yeah. yeah it was, I was like, awesome. wow. It was awesome. I, I think he's bored right now. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> you know, we're kind of bored too. And the worst part of the boredom is that I want to be creative about truly how I can do what I do and make money and keep going, but I can't do anything. So it's like, um, you know, brain freaking, you know, if I said, I didn't curse that time. Um, but you know, like you don't want to keep going and going and going and move your brain and then nothing. Can't do anything. Can't make it happen. Don't have people. And if you don't leave your house, you really can't do anything. Right. So maybe next week I'll leave. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got to get you out of the house, Sandra. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm scared. The real we can cut out. Hey, I'll come over. We can do a social distanced cocktail or something. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Well, is there anything we didn't cover that we should let everybody know? No, I yeah. think you know. I just want to thank you for all the amazing work that you're doing. Um, and you know, both of you, thank you for having me on, and I really yeah. appreciate it. Oh, um, thanks for taking. Thank the you time. for what yeah. you're doing. Seriously, what you're yeah. doing. I mean, you're getting a lot of food and a lot of people mouths and that's huge yeah don't stop okay i'm gonna yeah. go <laughs> um <laughs> okay sonomafamilymeals.org yep. um anywhere else instagram sonoma yeah Family we're on facebook instagram yeah. all that stuff and you know i'm heather at heatherirwin.com i'm pretty easy to find so you know if you want to email me or or just you know chat or whatever let me know and yeah, I'm just so pleased to be able to uh, talk to you guys and talk to all the folks in the valley and beyond. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday thank soon. You. you too, right? All right. So if you want to check out some of our past episodes, we've had some good ones. You can go to thebikegoeson.com. Mm -hmm. and, um, and hey, if you're in the area, come by the Sonoma High School and uh, get some food from the food truck because, you know, God forbid that area isn't congested with traffic. <laughs> I hate driving through there when school it's is not, in. It's not. It's not right now. I, I know. 
So it's yeah. the first time you can actually go go through that intersection and not be waiting for 10 minutes for the for the light to go green and go get some good food. So Sandra, it's been good talking to you. YouTube right. All right, and all you listeners out there, thank you so much. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week.